Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, it's getting to that time of the year. It's a kind of spooky time of the year, isn't it? So that's... Yeah, there's a bit of atmospheric music in the background. Yeah, ghost hunters have noted a significant increase in paranormal activity at Ireland's most haunted hotspots uh, since the pandemic erupted. And according to two of the country's leading paranormal investigation groups, Ireland ranks among the highest in the world for paranormal activity. Some of Ireland's spookiest sites include Kilmainham Jail, of course, in Dublin, Loftus Hall in Wexford, Ross Castle in County Mead, been there, yeah, Spike Island in Cork, as well as Charleville and Leap Castle, been there too for one of our Halloween shows in Offaly. And to chat, me, chat to me a little bit more about it is Richard Morrison, who is the co-founder of the Power of the Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland. Good afternoon to you, Richard. Good afternoon, Niall. Thanks for having us on your show. Good. Now, I suppose paranormal... I'm a sceptic, Richard. I really am. It's a good place to start, I suppose, being, being sceptic. A lot of us see us more as entertainment rather than real, but you see this as very real. So, what, I mean, how do you set up or what do you do or what do you actually measure? Well, you see, first of all, Niall, it's healthy to be sceptical. Um, that obviously makes the picture more clear for us. If you're sceptical, that makes us you know, show that we're doing our work right because we do get a lot of sceptical people that come on our page on Facebook or whatever other pages we have and they'll come and view a picture and they'll say, oh, that's paradoxical. That's They all straight away, they're accepting, they're acknowledging, they see an image. So that's good enough for us. They see it, but they won't accept it. Um, when we're going around to do these um, paranormal investigations, first of all, we do a lot of research. And Niall, I know you mentioned about ghost hunters. Uh, only can, I can only speak for ourselves, PSI Ireland, that we don't like to be called hunters, but only researchers. We don't like to be seen as we're haunting spirits. Yeah, that has kind of negative connotations, doesn't it? No, like you well, want to do them some harm. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just because we have to remember um, what we're actually going to investigate is that these people were once people before, yeah. whether and how many lifetimes ago, we don't know. But we are abs- no, actually capturing uh, residual energy we call spiritual footprint yeah. that's left on this this world. We're we're only a figment of the Earth's imagination. We only what average lifespan seventy, eighty years. There's people been here a lot longer, thousands of years before us. And, and when we, we when we, we talk about hot spots, right now we've done shows, by the way, on Halloween from both Leap Castle, Ross Castle. We did uh, Wicklow Jail, not Kamenham Jail, because they're obviously very funny about who they let in to do sort of stuff like that because they don't want people making a mockery of it either. Yeah. Uh, but in saying, why is it places like Loftus Hall, like Leap Castle, Ross Castle, Kamenham Jail, um, Spike Island? Why do these places seem to, you know, attract more, I suppose, spiritual energy, if that's the right word to use? Yes. Um, well, we can, uh, well, personally, we can speak for Lep Castle anyway, because we were just there last, on the 14th of October, we carried out a paranormal investigation. Uh, we actually captured an image up in the Bloody Chapel, which a lot of our followers believed that it was actually the, the priest. The You know the story between the two priests where um, actually uh, Teg stabbed Thaddeus, while he was serving Mass. Right, yes. And we believe that even ourselves, before we put it out, that we captured these two spiritual images in the Bloody Chapel that most of the majority of our followers see. Are that. they available on your site for people to look at? Oh, yes, on our Facebook page, um, Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland. Now, the Sun itself, the Sun newspaper, published our findings, um, I believe, Sunday, but obviously they got, they got our now, pictures. They, now, I haven't seen the images, Richard, so I'm guessing, but I'm, I'm assuming they're quite blurred looking and vague, are they? No, they're not blur- not blurred or not vague. Okay, um, all right. Because I always find that, 
you know, yeah. even in, in modern times where everybody has a phone nowadays, yeah. and yet we still can't get a proper picture of a ghost or a UFO. So I'm wondering why we always see, like, somebody will send me a picture and say, oh, there, you see the orb. There's like an orb, a little light. Yeah. And that could yeah. be just a camera trick. I mean, I've never seen an actual picture of a ghost. Well, Niall, we have a picture there recently that was... Um it actually went viral. Um, it, it was actually shown on the papers. There's even countries and, and the, around the world had actually shown this picture of Murr Hall, where we investigated there not so long ago. And as clear as day, you can see a person that's up at the window. And this one, this building, Murr Hall, is a shell of a building. There's no floors. There's no way you can get up to the top window. So you couldn't be standing there anyway, even if you wanted you to. Be stand- and then now, getting back to saying that the, you know, they're always quite blurry. You have to remember, spirits can't show themselves in a solid form, or energy, we call it, can't show it. So it can manifest itself in the uh, shape of what is trying to form itself back in its past life. Like, and, and do people, call, like, would you ever get a phone call, Richard, from somebody who's saying, how you, my mother died there about six months ago, I think she's in the house floating around, can you just tell her to go away, she's frightening the life out of me. Do you, do you ever get those kind of calls from people who want you to go to their houses? We do get a, the odd calls now to go into people's houses where they're feeling that there is um, paranormal activity. Now, in, in relation to removing spirits, we're not qualified to do that. That would involve a medium or clairvoyant that can do that, but we can get that person in contact with the relevant person to go and do that. We can only go, as explained, now, all we are is paranormal researchers, supernatural activity. So what we do is we go out, we'll investigate uh, a building, and we will determine if there is paranormal activity in that building. We will present our findings to the person and let them then take it from there. I mean, that's all we do. We're not telling people there is um, spiritual activity or there isn't, but we just provide our findings. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture here, by the way. I've just found it. This is the one in Leave Castle. I, I remember we did a show from Leave Castle, myself and uh, Ashley and Lena and everything at the time. Um, similar to yourselves, we were there. Uh, you know, we did a whole show. I'm looking at the picture here. And I'm trying to see. So this is in the arch window in the middle. I'm just describing this to listeners. So there's a bit, this is the castle the front. bloody chapel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the bloody chapel, yeah. And you see that green colour, uh, Niall? See that green colour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, that's what I was going to say to you too. Um, I mean, they sh- that green colour is what I... When I was young, I seen a green luminous figure standing beside me or sitting in the bed too when I was only five. I- and I and that's a, that's a that's a color of that whatever energy they're emitting these spirits. I'm looking. Exactly. I'm looking here, Richard, and I I'll, I'll throw the picture if you don't mind. I'll I'll throw it up on our Twitter account there for people to have a look at. Uh, I'm looking and I'm finding it. Maybe I just haven't got the right glasses. I mean, I'm finding it very difficult to see anything in that uh, at the window. I'm looking in the arched window. Are you looking at Mur? Uh, which one are you looking at, Mur Hall or Lep Castle? Oh, Lep Castle. Okay, Lep Castle. Okay, no, look. Niall, I can't put it in. You, this is what I'm trying to say. I can't make you see what you can't see. This oh, is what I know, yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. No, I'm not, I'm not, somebody, I'm not criticising her. Yeah, no, just, no, just no. Because I desperately want to see it. Can you, <laughs> can, you, can you look at the one in Mirror Hall then, Niall? I get, ask, I get Ashley to give me the one in Mirror Hall in a second. Okay. And do you measure then, is there like electronic devices to measure, measure activity or electrostatic activity yeah. or something like that? Yes, we have uh, an EMF reader, so which obviously measures the electric magnetic field. So that will emit, you know, up to a red or a green orange color. So that shows us where there's high magnetic, um, no, where it's high magnetic in an area. So yeah. basically, we, but you see, you have to take into account where we go to be investigate. Number one, we are nowhere near electrical uh, appliances. Uh, so you know, that's another good factor for us as paranormal researchers. Now in houses you might get it fluctuating a lot because you have a lot of electrical devices around you. These are quite sensitive devices. We only use that, now as a guiding tool. We're not, you know, taking it on board 
then when, when we see a high reading, we'll then bring in the cameras. We'll bring in the full-spectrum camera. We'll bring in our infrared cameras. We'll bring in more equipment and focus on that area. And just by hoping to get an, uh, an image of something that's there that showed itself through you know, on the So when you say infrared, do, do, is there a heat off spirits or something like that? Or? Well, we can see what infrared does. It kind of kills out any of the, you know yourself, if any of the, um, the scenery that's in that room itself. So it focuses. You no, know, if you get an image on infrared camera, obviously you do get, you get cold spots too, you know. So if any yeah. of an area showing a cold spot, we have a, we have a, a thermal gun that if you point to a certain build, no, certain in the room, and you got all red, and then all of a sudden you have this blue that shows up. That's a cold spot. And you know yourself, you ever hear that saying? Oh, it gets cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, somebody's walking over my grave. I get a cold spot. I get no, somebody's that. walking over my grave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the other thing as well is, I mean, for people listening at home, you know, what, I mean, obviously coming up to Halloween, people kind of, their imagination goes a bit wild as well. Yes. Uh, we all know that. But, I mean, what should people look out for? What are the signs that there might be, you know, a spiritual presence in your home or in your place of work or whatever. What, what are the signs to look out for? So cold is one thing. A sudden, an unexplained coldness, so to speak, yeah. in a particular room where the rest of the house might be warm. Correct, that's yeah. correct. Okay, anything else that we should be looking at, the, the, uh, apart from I the creaky floorboards? Well, creaky floorboards, yeah, you <laughs> see, this is, that's something that can be created by heat. Um, well, you know, uh, electrical appliances can you know, start doing strange things. That could be one of the signs too, so... Uh, t- I know nowadays now back years ago TVs didn't have timers but now you can put it down you see what well, doesn't help, help too now we, technology is actually helping us but at the same time it's not helping it's hindering us. you as well yeah of course yeah because we have so much technology now than we did say 20-30 years ago um, so appliances uh, not uh, bangs um, you know what's the other one if you hear like people walking like a str- another prime example hear footsteps when you know right. no one's actually walking and noise it's just yeah do you ever get yourself. the feeling someone's behind you and they're actually not yeah and we're feeling that you're being watched there's always a feeling that <laughs> Ashley being... has that feeling all the time in this building that she's being watched <laughs> uh, the other thing is um, have you ever been frightened yourself I mean have you ever been at an investigation where literally you ran out of the place yourself and went I'm getting out of here this is because I often see those movies you know those kind of horror movies where somebody goes into a house an investigator mm-hmm. or people move into a new house and you hear get out and they go on in, and I go, if that was me, I'd be gone. I'd be saying, I get the hint, I'm out of here. I mean, I have you ever been frightened yourself? Well, you see, that's strange, you're just doing that voice, because we have uh, a video clip up on our page again, where we were in Duckett's Grove uh, a few months back. We were in the kitchen in Duckett's Grove, and we were doing uh, an EVP session. So basically, we were doing a, doing a recording of our voice recording, see if we could pick up any white noise voices coming through. Yeah. And as clear as day, as clear as day, you can hear... Who like who's that? Help! I mean, that alone that comes straight and hits you. I and mean, does you it frighten even... you? I know you're doing it all the time, but does it frighten you? It frighten the living daylights out of me if I heard somebody saying that. But does it, it frighten it... you, Richard? No, it doesn't frighten me at all because it makes me even feel more and more uh, confident that there is something um, after this life. There is, you know, there's something happens. We just don't go like a light switch. You know, we we, we are. You know, I we, we believe that we're. Energy, and we mm-hmm. live. We, we this energy will still carry on in this world. So you got to remember, you had Edison, the likes of Edison, Tesla, and Einstein. Those three people were very highly intelligent people. They were in the, in the process of building a machine back then. They try to communicate with spirits. So why would they waste their time and effort to design something like that if they didn't have a belief in it? Mm. I suppose when you look at it from that point of view, absolutely. But I mean, the, the other thing as well is. When you go out to a house to investigate, firstly, I'm assuming, as you mentioned already, you've quite a lot of equipment. 
the, the people themselves, are they generally worried? I mean, are people, do people ever want to move house because there might be a possession in the house or something like that? We actually, um, we haven't experienced that personally. Uh, now, like I said, most of our investigations would be around um, old, old, old buildings or um, areas where there was um, like tra- trauma. For example, like the Battle of Auburn, where thousands of lives were lost in that battle, you know. Mm. Uh, so no need to, we de- we have done a few houses, but the people have never have moved. That mm. makes sense from from the carrying from giving their evidence too. We had a w- lady that was adamant that um, her house was um, what's the word for was had uh, poltergeist activity, and we we actually f- from doing our findings, we believe that that she was right. She had a she had so a, a poltergeist means things are actually moving. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Somebody Things says, uh, "Now, can you ask your guests a question? Um, can you ask them how can you tell the good ones from the bad ones?" Oh, that's an interesting that's, that, one. You you can't because they can play <laughs> trickery. They can play trickery on you, so you never know. That's why another thing I want to say to you now: we as a group, we never use a Ouija board. Number one, because we we don't really we don't feel like what's the word? We're not qualified to use a Ouija board. And only certain people should use a Ouija board because. There's a lot of too many people out there that are... But what, what are the origins of the Ouija board? Apart from the fact that Hasbro made them. I mean, what, what are the... The origin was initially, it was just a game, wasn't it? Correct. It was just a game. It was highly... Um, it was a high, a big thing back in America. So kids yeah, Hasbro originally brought out the game, Ouija. Yeah, the Ouija board. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it became something of a cult thing for the Satanists to use and all sorts of carry on. So, I mean, but I mean, have you had people with bad experiences with them? Oh, well, there's people there that have opened up portals, you know, people, because that's how these spirits travel. They come through a portal and they don't know how they open these up. But you don't, and this is another thing, you don't know if you're letting in a good or a bad spirit or a bad spirit, you know. Right. So, I mean, sure, even the Catholic Church will tell you that you should never use a Ouija board. Do you know, they know. And, and what this, getting back to this too, about, you know, the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church, I personally only speak on my behalf, my belief. They know that there's spirits in this world and there's evil spirits. So they have, why do you think they have uh, priests that train as be as exorcists? No, they well, we spoke to him. We, 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 uh, no, he was on the Late Late Show as well, but we did speak to him actually at the time. I can't remember his name, Father Paddy something or other. Uh, we, we did speak to him at the time and he's the only one actually who has the, the permission to do the exorcists, yeah. on beha- or the exorcisms, should I say, on behalf of the, the Vatican here in Ireland. Uh, and do you believe there are many people are possessed in the, are become possessed in this country? Um, well, speaking to, uh, speaking to a guy not so long ago, and he believes, even now today, that there's a lot of evil, bad spirits that's trying to get, trying to come into the into this realm, basically, and uh, and basically it's getting worse. That makes there's sense. a lot of bad people in the world, but I don't know if it's possession or not. But you could argue that maybe in some cases it may be, yeah. um, you know, a lot of evil in the world as well. Okay, uh, but listen, I gotta thank you very much, Nate, for coming on the air. And I'm assuming you'd be busy, you'd be out the door for Halloween, will you? Well, Niall, we are doing our very first, our very first, because obviously we've only founded ourselves, obviously we've been invested paranormal groups um, years prior to when we founded PSI Ireland, but we're carrying out our first public investigation uh, this Hallow's Eve. Too. This is another thing. We're doing our investigation on the 30th of October going into the 31st, which is the, what Halloween originally, traditionally is. And we're going to an island where it's known to be where paganism was you know source so basically what, what island is that uh, we can't name the island now we can't name oh okay okay it's a secret <laughs> no it's just, it's just they keep the note no just to keep yeah it. you don't you don't want everyone turning right. up yeah of course exactly yeah. but like if anyone's interested they can contact our Facebook page because we only have like four seats left we're taking 25 members of the public with us Right, for this. and it's a unique, it's a unique paranormal investigation. So, so the investigation team, the Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland, are taking twenty-four uh, members of the public. Members yeah. of the public. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and how much is how much does it cost? Uh, this will cover ferry transfers, coffee, and tea, 
and it'll be 60 euro. 60 euro, and you're guaranteed to have a spook of a time. Which is very reasonable, we think. Okay, and you'll have a good spooky time while you're there. Uh, well, hope so, hope so. But like another thing, now, as I said, a lot of these, um, when we do investigations, this is another thing, it's not like what you see on TV either. It's all kind of, you know, like you said, it's all pure entertainment. They say it clearly when these um, paranormal shows come up for entertainment purposes only. It can be a long, boring night, but 95% of most of our evidence is actually captured by our equipment. We don't visually uh, see it from our own eyes. Okay, okay. So, so people can go along and make up their own mind then on what they see and the evidence they see before them, yeah. of course, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Richard. I appreciate you coming on the air. By the way, what's your Facebook page again? Give it a mention there again. Yeah, it's uh, Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland. Okay, Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland. There's Richard Morrison, who's the co-founder, and you can head along on a nice spooky weekend or a nice uh, night for Halloween. Uh, they're looking for a few more people to go. Uh, they're looking for 24 people to go along with them. That'd be very interesting. A bit of crack as well, apart from anything else. That's your into. If you have any ghostly stories, maybe you've seen a ghost. I don't know. If you've any ghostly stories, I've got one of Ashling's hampers to give away. If you've any ghostly stories or something that went bump in the night that you can't explain. We're getting close to Halloween, the witching season. Please let us know. The number is 87 188 You can WhatsApp or text now. Nikki, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Nikki? Now, Nikki, you have a ghost story. This better be good, Nikki. It's not, <laughs> no, pressure. no pressure. <laughs> so, so we were living in the Isle of Man at the time. Right. Myself and my wife, and my wife's from Cork. And we were moving back. So she, we moved all the stuff at the rented place we had. She moved back. And I had a week to wait to get the, the, the deposit back on the, the rent. Yeah. And uh, on the apartment. And uh, we're sitting there, unknown to me, she's left the baby monitor. My eldest boy, who's 19 now, was, was only a baby at the time. And there's a baby monitor sitting next to me. I didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't know that it can pick up other baby monitors. So I'm sitting, and it's the start of my week. One week I've got to go get the deposit back. Everything's cool. I'm sitting watching the football on a Saturday night. With a can of beer in my hand thinking, this is great. Next thing I hear. Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> I don't know where it's coming no. from. This <laughs> baby monitor sitting under the under the chair. I didn't know it was there. Yeah. I, 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 I kid I kid you not, I skipped myself. I ran <laughs> I ran. I ran and it was the start of the week. If it had been the end of the week and I was leaving the next day, I'd have been fine. Yeah. For the whole week I was trying to go to sleep before it was dark. <laughs> kicking doors open and having a look in, in the dark room before I put the light on it scared the living daylight oh, I know I, I had a set of those baby monitors Tommy baby monitors I think it was it was a Tommy one when my when my children when this is when baby monitors were kind of in their infancy I suppose in the early days go back 20-30 years ago and they did they picked up if your neighbour had a baby monitor as well they picked them up notice. Yeah, I, I know you didn't know that, Nicky. <laughs> but here's, here's a word of warning for parents out there. There's only so many frequencies in these bloody baby monitors, right? So if you're in the house and you have a baby monitor, um, we used to just leave it on. It'd be on all the time, right? It'd be up in the mm-hmm. cot. But if you have a Barney with your missus in the house, your neighbours oh, your neighbours will hear you. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing in the middle of the night. <laughs> you're, like, you're like the two out of Father Ted. 
Did you ever find out who had the other baby monitor with the baby that was going, mommy? No, no, you can't really go chatting. People don't ask if they've got a baby. I can just imagine you sitting there all happy with your tin of beer now. Oh, I. I was like Al Bundy. Remember how Al Bundy used to do you normally would you believe in ghosts and things like that I, I, I believe in spirits right I, I try I try to convince myself they can't hurt you yeah my father always my father always said no 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 they can't they can't hurt you but I'm not I'm not I'm not and who are the spirits are they people who lived in the house before you or are they people that you know that have died or who do you think they are see I, I live I was born in Barnabon in Scotland Stirling and Stilling up Stilling Castle is where they used to, just the, the the walkway up to Stilling Castle is where they used to do all the hangings and the the, the, yeah. the, the, the chopping of the heads and, and, oh, right, and okay. the top. So there's the a few banshees that belong there, isn't oh, there? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there's a few banshees in Scotland anyway. Yeah, there <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your prime minister's one of them. But go on. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the Crankies? That's who I, I, oh, I, I mean, like... didn't, didn't she die? Did I know, maybe I'm wrong, I shouldn't say that. Did oh, she pass know, away? There was, uh, so the little, the little Cranky, the little boy, was actually his wife. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. I think and one of the crankies died there. I got Ashton to check in a second. I think one of the crankies. They were very popular at the time in the around the eighties. Van Dabby Dozy. Van Dabby Dozy. But you don't think she, she uh, Nicholas Sturgeon looks like her? <laughs> so it's scary enough. God bless her. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so you'd walk up this this laneway up to the castle, and this is where people kind of had killed themselves and stuff like that. Well, no, 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 that's that's where that's up up there is where they used to like when when they took the token. The token witch or, or the person who stole, or, or you know, and that's where they have the public killing. Yeah, all right, there, okay. So, oh, and, and and up there, all the old buildings are now sort of trendy shops. Right, okay. Up to the castle, you know, but so they kind of commercialised the whole thing of death. Yeah. Sir. yeah. <laughs> well, right, well, listen, it's been a wonderful story, I have to say. Yes, it was well worth listening. Thank you very much indeed, Nick, and appreciate you coming on the air. Love the accent, uh, Noreen. You're an Ireland's classic kid. How you doing, Noreen? I'm good, Neil. How are you? How you doing, Noreen? Scottish accent, by the way, Noreen was voted the, the sexiest accent in the world. Did you know that? Sorry? The Scottish accent was, vo- oh, yeah. it was voted no, the sexiest I'm accent in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you want to know about ghosts? I want to know about ghosts. What have you seen? Uh, years ago, both when I was only 22. Uh, one night I was, I was had to be out with my boyfriend, my husband now, and I came in and I went to bed and I must have fallen asleep. And then I turned around in the bed, and there was a little girl standing in the room. No. Mm. And how old was the little girl? She was about five, six, maybe. Right. She had um, she hair down to her shoulders. Um, she had a little anorak on her, a little anorak. She wasn't looking at me. She was looking at, she was facing, there was like a chimney breast in the room. Um, right. In the bedroom, and she was facing that, and I was just... <laughs> I was just paralysed, I think, with fear. I'd say it would be. Or somebody's somebody's child has ventured into the wrong house here or something. And at the same time, my brother used to work in um, a fast food place at the time. He was young. He used to come home, you know, I don't know what time it was, 12 o'clock. And I heard his taxi pulling up outside. And he always would come up into the bedroom to me and we'd have a chat, whatever. And I was inside the room, and, and I was just looking at this little girl. She, she, Did she say anything to you? She wasn't aware of me, I don't think. Oh, no, and she wasn't aware of you? 
ignored me. She wasn't looking at me or anything. Right, I okay. Just staring at the ball. And then her hair was blowing just a little bit. Oh. And I could hear my brother coming up the stairs and he'd usually come into the room and I was calling him under my breath. I was like, really, I was just saying, Gerald, Gerald, please come in, come in. And he never came in that night. He just went to my bedroom and then it was on room. And I just stood, I was lying in the bed up, I was leaning on my elbow and I swear to God I could hardly breathe. I got such a fright. I see, yeah. so, so there's this girl standing there and her hair is blowing gently in the wind and she's not she's even paying attention her, to you. Yeah. And, and then she just... Did you scream? Like, did you scream? I didn't. I, I was just, I, I don't know. I just, Inwardly, you're probably I was screaming. To make any noise. Yeah. And then she just, do you know the way fog just disperses? She just disappeared. She just, it was like a fog just kind of just dispersing and she was gone. Right. And I just, <laughs> I didn't know what to think. So I remember the next morning I got up and I was getting ready to go to work and Mammy was there and I said, I told my mother, I said to my mother, do you know such a thing? Of course, I nearly got a hiding because. I understand now why, because she was so afraid then, because when we were all going out to work, she was going to be in the house, so she was giving out to me saying, don't be talking like that, and if I have yeah. it's just on the imagination and all this. But it wasn't, absolutely. No, and you seem, you seem pretty clear about it. It doesn't sound oh, yeah. like it was your imagination. It was the 3rd of November. And did you ever find out who the little girl was? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It was 1982, the 3rd of November. Funny thing, I only thought about this morning, because when I looked at the calendar and I saw the date, and I thought, oh, it's coming up to that time again. And... Um, no, but about, that was 1982, and then, oh, I, I got sick then in 1986, and I was going through treatment for cancer, and all I'm that. I'm sorry to hear that. But about the following year, I think I was on treatment. Anyway, I went to see this lady, she, she was involved with healing, and so on. So I went to see her, um, just to support myself when I was going through yeah, cancer, Yeah, of course, you had to make that. things easier, yeah. And she, she was kind of like, um, talking. It seemed to me as if she was communicating with somebody on the other I'm side. I'm dying to know who she is. I have to go into a break in a second, Noreen, but I'm dying to know who this little girl is. And I'll tell you what, Noreen, you stay there and I'm going to come back to you after the break because everybody oh. wants to know who the little girl is. So stay there for a second. The number's 087-188-008. Noreen, just getting back to you, just in relation to who this little girl is. So you went to see, at the well, time, a woman that made you feel a little better because you were going through cancer treatment, yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was about 15 years later. And then she brought it up to me, during the session, she she said to me she was connecting with my grandmother who was passed over. Right. And I said, okay, fine. And then she said to me, have you ever seen anything that you want to able to explain? And of course, I said, absolutely, yeah. I said, I remember seeing a little girl in my room on 3rd November 1982. <clears throat> and she said to me, that was, how she put it was, that it's not so much it's a warning, but that was just, you were being let know that your, your, your grandmother was going to pass shortly after that was what she said. And she was right because my grandmother did pass six weeks, six weeks after that happened. Right. After I seen the little girl, my so what was the relevance of the little girl then? I don't know. Okay. She said, she said to me, your grandmother lost the little girl, didn't she? And she did. My grandmother. She the baby died. Well, very, very yeah, long. I imagine mo- most people of your grandmother's yeah, age probably point, did. Yes, yeah, in those yeah. days. And yeah. she said to me, what she said to me was that that was the daughter that my grandmother lost and she was just coming to let you know that your grandmother was going to pass over. Ah, that's sad, isn't it? But but, it, but you know what? There's something nice about it, too. No, knowing... I, as well. My grandmother died before my wedding. Okay, she died, like, a few and, weeks ago. And my condolences on the last year, grandmother, as well, by the way. But listen, and, and I'm glad you're feeling better, too, by the way. Thanks, you got your treatment as well. But listen, Noreen, thank you for sharing that story with us. I want to go to Deb very quick before we finish today. Deb, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Deb? Eight. Hi, how are you? Very good. Good. Now, you saw somebody. Who did you see? 
I was very fortunate to see my father. And um, I had gone for lunch with a dear friend of mine uh, to Hunter's Hotel down in Rathnew in Wicklow. And we'd had our lunch in the dining room and then we came out and had our dessert in the bar area. And just sitting right beside me in a kind of a little alcove right. was my dad, as Ooh. as clear as day. Okay, remind people, of course, your dad had passed away, obviously. Dad had died three months before that. I'm sorry to hear that, condolence. Was he young, by the way, your dad? He was, he was 66. Okay, young man, yeah, still young. Yeah. Not quite there yet. As we get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And how, how did he die? He died of throat cancer. Okay. And so when he appeared to me, he was in the final stages. So he was quite thin. He was wearing the clothes that he wore in the days, um, in the months before he died. And he had the bandage around his neck that he had had from the, uh, from the cancer. Was that, was it a bit scary? No, it was the most beautiful, natural, I mean, I didn't even think to say to my friend who was with me, Jesus, can you see my dad is sitting there? It was just like, it was, I can't, it's very hard to to describe. And it was only afterwards when dad disappeared. I suppose he was with me. Did he say anything to you? No, 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 he just sat there. But did he he acknowledge you? I mean, you know, I mean, did he look at you in particular? Yeah. No, it was like, you know, when you're out with someone. You know, and you're just, you know, you're there for a couple of hours together. You don't keep acknowledging each other. He was just like sat there very quietly. And it was a phase when dad, he couldn't speak because he had throat cancer. So he used to write everything down. But he didn't try to make contact. He was just quietly sitting in the chair. it 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 was almost like a projection of him sort of sitting there. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Oblivious. A real person. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is oblivious, so to speak. Yes. Say that again. He was kind of oblivious to the surroundings and and to you and to everything else around. It was just he was just yeah, sitting there. Yeah, sitting there together, but it wasn't like we were particularly connecting strongly. It was yeah. it was just yeah, it was just very easy. It was very easy and very beautiful and very relaxed, and it just felt like an absolute. It was only afterwards when I was describing it to my friend, it was like that was. Bonkers, and did that it? did that help you? Because obviously you were in a grieving process at the time as well. So did that help you? Uh, well, to be honest with you, he'd had we'd had a beautiful run up to his death. You know, one of the gifts of cancer is you know the person's going to die, so, so you have time. You, yes, you have time. So we'd done a lot of grieving beforehand. So I felt very complete and like I had done all I could to serve my father to to walk him home, as it were. So it it I it, no it. For me, it wasn't anything I felt I needed, but it just—it did feel like a gift. But yeah, because just some some people, I suppose, it would scare the living bejeepers out of them. But but to others, yeah. they would take that as a gift, as you rightly said. Yes, it was an absolute gift. It was beautiful. And have you ever seen, aside from seeing your father? I mean, have you ever seen any ghosts? Do you attract them, so to speak? Have you ever seen anything like that in the past? <laughs> No, I did have a really funky experience um, quite a a few years before that where it was, I I had a fan, a peacock feather fan that I had. I lived in an attic room in Brussels and it started doing, it was started twirling 360 degrees and that 
that was very unnerving. Well, that's like, yeah. a, that's like a poltergeist experience. Yes, yeah. That was, yeah, that definitely left Well, Deb, I, I'm delighted you got to see your dad again after he passed away and, and it made it yeah. better for you and it was a beautiful experience. I'm delighted that happened to you. And, Thank you. And thanks for sharing that today on the show. I appreciate it. Okay, right. have a good see you, Deb. Have a nice day. All right, there you go. There's Deb. Saw her dad after he died, and it was a beautiful experience. Something that helped her get through the grieving process, although she had time to get through it because her dad had been very unwell. But I'm sure many people have had similar experiences. Uh, maybe we'll talk a bit more about them again tonight, just after 9 o'clock. And I do want to get to that blackmail email a little bit later on as well. What would you do if you're being blackmailed by your mistress? Or is there a gender-specific mister? I suppose there is. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.